0: This week on the Iowa Watch Connection...
1: I wish we could get away from the term media. It means nothing anymore. It means absolutely nothing. The craft of journalism
0: has never been easy.
2: Building credibility for the work that you do by doing factual reporting is a huge challenge. How to address
0: the challenge of reporting for the public's benefit.
1: I have never seen such an all-out assault, organized assault from the highest levels of government on the credibility of journalism.
0: The difficulty of investigative reporting, our topic this week.
3: The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism online at IowaWatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein.
0: One of the things we like to do on this program is to pull back the veil and share with you the process of how in-depth journalistic reporting is done. We've gotten some questions about the process in recent weeks, so we thought it was time to discuss some of these issues. Joining me for a discussion of the difficulty of investigative reporting in 2017 are two men who are well-versed on the topic. Steve Barry is a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter who recently retired from the journalism faculty at the University of Iowa. He founded the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism and is back on campus this spring semester to work with Iowa Watch student reporters. Lyle Muller is the executive director and editor of the Center and a very familiar voice on this program. The conversation begins with my question to Steve Barry. There's a phrase that I have always resisted using, and the phrase is investigative journalism because in my mind all journalism is supposed to be investigative, but that aside, what is different about what we have tended to call investigative journalism?
1: I think if you could narrow it down to one word, it's the amount of time that reporters are given to do investigative journalism. Um, Obviously, uh, investigative journalism occurs every time a reporter goes to cover a city council meeting because they're supposed to be asking questions after the meeting that probes into whatever action they took. That by definition is investigating a topic that was covered at the city council meeting. Now the the quintessential investigative reporting goes beyond that post council meeting interview. And we start examining the answers that we got to those original questions. And we say, is that was their answer factual? We have time, time again is the key word to fact check the accuracy of what that particular city council member, who who I'm using as a substitute for all elected and government officials, to find out whether or not they are actually being accurate or honest.
0: And if it's, for example, this time of year in particular, all these municipalities are dealing with city budgets. It's not just a matter of going to the meeting and hearing the discussion, but then it's... Taking the spreadsheet home with you and poring over the numbers and fact-checking in comparison with others, it takes a lot of time to do things beyond the surface. That's really what we're talking about is digging Precisely. a few spadefuls of dirt under the surface.
1: Exactly. And, and the budget is, is – I, I could not have thought of a better example because nobody likes to read budgets. They are hard. They, uh, they are full of, of terms that we don't understand. And that's what the true shoe leather type of reporter does. We do things that most people just don't have the interest in doing. But we go after those budget documents and we find those stories and those expenditures that do really matter to an an individual citizen, to a father and a mother and their children and how much they're going to be spending on the schools, how much they're going to be spending on textbooks and so forth. You don't get that. Just by going out and interviewing the public officials, they will tell you what they know, what they want the parents to, to hear. We go into the budgets or to other documents, the budgets being an example of the type of documents that we explore, and we say, okay, here's what the public officials say they want to do. Do they match their words with the dollars that's in their budgets?
0: You have done these investigations, Lyle. You have supervised journalists who have done these investigations why do we not have more of that being done today? Or, I would argue, why do we not even have the same amount of these
2: done today as in 10 and 20 years ago? I think the way you asked it the second time probably gets more at the heart of the matter. They're just funeral reporters. A lot of newspapers have laid off reporters, and also there are a lot of demands, a lot of financial demands on the industry that the newspaper industry really – had difficulty sorting out and still is having difficulty sorting out and I'm saying newspapers because that's where the vast majority of the real in-depth reporting goes. I know that there are instances of it in radio and in television, but the real in-depth stuff goes on with newspapers. You know, one of the things that Steve was talking about I think is really interesting, he was talking about it on the local level. When we think about investigative reporting, an image comes into our mind that that must be the Washington Post or the New York Times or ABC News or something Mm -hmm. like that. No, what we're really talking about is that the essence of good journalism, fact-based journalism that investigates into everything that you think is possible happens at the local level because that's where we all live. Uh, Our city councils are doing a lot of important work that affect our lives. Our school boards are doing it. Our county boards of supervisors are doing this. And so that's where investigative reporting really becomes important and becomes fairly difficult because there is so much to do just to cover the day-to-day things that those entities are doing that one single reporter can't just get into a lot of investigation.
0: Steve, something that I think is a paradox, we are at a time where... In one respect, it is easier to get information thanks to the internet, thanks to crunching numbers in a spreadsheet, whereas before you'd have to be poring over these things and making notes. Mm-hmm. From a technology standpoint, we have the ability to do much better reporting, yes. yet we're at a time where we're not able to do it because of the factors that Lyle just mentioned.
1: Right. Um, yeah, the, the, the internet has been a godsend as far as that's that's concerned. As a matter of fact, I was, Lyle and I were talking about this the other day, is sometimes you can sit down and in the course of an event that's breaking, for example, the presidential debates, I tried this at home. I was watching the presidential debate and I had my laptop sitting on my lap and I said, I'm going to see if I can fact check live, real time. And I sat there and I managed to get through 10 facts that I was able to fact check while I was sitting there watching the debate. And you could not do that before.
0: Um, And that's interesting because you are a professional, well-trained, well-experienced, but yet you were acting in the same manner as an ordinary citizen could have been fact-checking.
1: Yeah, and I was sitting at home watching this debate.
0: And that's that's fascinating because anyone can do it now, but I'm not sure the audience is availing themselves of that opportunity, much less the journalists. And
1: and I think you're right um, because – when, when I tell that story to, to people, they say, well, you're a journalist. You're a professional. You know how to do that. And I said, but look, I'm using the Internet. I did not grow up with the Internet. The Internet is a relatively new concept to me in my history and my lifespan. And, and so I learned to do this now. And, and people, people it's, it's amazing. And I, I try to convince people of this. They do investigative journalism every day. When they go, when they go do research to buy a new car, when they, when they are looking for the closest restaurant, they're looking for menus, they're using the internet to get answers to questions. Okay, so a politician makes a statement, and you say, is that accurate? Is that the truth? Well, it's it's just think of yourself as trying to, are you going to buy that statement as the truth? Just like you ask yourself, am I going to buy this car because I think it's the best car? I'm going to go to the trouble to find out whether or not that's the best car for the most money. The same way they should approach the the fact check policy question that politicians uh, dole out to us because they think most people do not want to go do their own fact checking. If, but if people learned that fact checking, you do that every day in your normal normal day of life. You just need to transfer that mentality to to policy statements and politicians and elections and so forth.
0: Coming up, more about how we do journalism and why it's to some degree harder now than in the past. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double-check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. We're talking about the process of journalism this week with the founder of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, Steve Berry, and the current executive director and editor of the center, Lyle Muller. The three of us have each practiced journalism in various forms. We have each taught journalism in various forms. Mm -hmm. One of the things that strikes me is members of the public Casual observers, casual consumers don't even know where stories come from. And I think it's the thing that young journalists have the hardest time appreciating because we say, come to a meeting, bring three ideas, bring five ideas, and you think you've just asked them to to move a mountain. Where do journalists, Steve, get ideas for stories?
1: If you're covering a beat, a specific subject, which I think is the best way for people to, to start journalism, I started covering the police beat I started then I covered city councils and when you're covering a beat and you're responsible for a specific areas story ideas come up naturally it's you don't have to sit around and think of story ideas your your future file that is your file of future stories Fills up almost almost automatically,
0: provided you have an inquisitive mind, which should be the hallmark of any journalist. Yeah,
1: curiosity is probably the number one um, uh, trait or skill that or mentality. I guess is probably the better word that that a journalist can have. Um, and, and then you have to have a sense of what part of my curiosity is going to be something that is going to solve a problem or answer questions of the people who are going to be reading our stories? Because all everybody, every human being has a curiosity. But some people's curiosity is very narrow. So that's what separates the curi- the journalistic curiosity from, Everyday curiosity is a journalist has this curiosity, but then he also has this sensitivity. What part of what interests me is going to matter to the people who are going to be reading what, what I write? And, and that's the essence of a cliche that I've been using for years, uh, and, and I, I'm not the origin of this, but my curiosity leads to journalism that matters. Journalism is going to help people's lives. It's going to give them something that's going to uh, guide them, inform them, help them determine which politician is telling me the truth, which politician is going to carry out carry out our, their, their promises. I think one thing that I think the public needs to understand when they hear um, the critics of journalism. Um, They need to understand that there's different types of journalism. There's the opinion journalism. And the opinion journalism is not the kind of journalism that Lyle and I or Iowa Watch are involved in. We are involved in the shoe leather, reporting, the gathering of facts. And now what distinguishes journalists, the shoe leather, reporting, fact-finding journalists, is that... We do exactly what Lyle said a while ago. We recognize, we try to think about and figure out what our biases are. Now, what separates us from the average individual human being who also has biases and prejudices is that if you are going to call yourself a journalist, you have to recognize and consciously understand that your own bias. And then you work very, very hard to put that bias aside and realize that your mission is not to promote your agenda, but your mission is to try to figure out the truth, to understand what the truth is. And then not only then you have editors behind you who are motivated by the exact same thing. And if they catch a bias in the reporter, they are going to call you on that bias, and they're going to say, how do you know this? They're going to also ask, which source told you that? And if you say, well, the source happened to be, and then you name some advocacy group, the editor's going to say, no, that's not good enough. We cannot, you need to go find an independent, nonpartisan, non source to help you understand that. Take that, take the other source, your advocacy source, out of your story. We don't want it. And so that's what separates journal, real journalists, reporting journalists, from all of the, from the opinion people you hear on these talk shows, um, uh, from, uh, from everybody else. We are trained to, to recognize our biases and do everything humanly possible to, to uh, delete those biases from our stories.
0: In newspapers, I think it's still the case that you can very easily separate opinion from straight journalism because we have a straight opinion page. It's called the right. editorial page. Right. There is a morphing at times in radio but you can tell the difference between a talk show host, which would be opinion, as opposed to a newscast. Mm-hmm. Television cable news, to me, is much more difficult these days for people, the average consumer, to discern the difference, because you may have a channel that has opinion and advocacy shows typically in the evening, but then they have straight news during the day. But when does one stop and the other start? It becomes, it becomes very difficult. Yeah. Lyle was talking about this era for journalism and that phrase fake news, which I'm not going to get into. You already, Steve, Mm -hmm. talked about what real journalism is. So I'll ask, lastly, this of each of you. First, Steve, greatest challenge facing journalists today is or are what?
1: The greatest challenge facing journalism today is that for the first time in, in my lifetime, for the first time, definitely the first time in my 45-year uh, career, I have never seen such an all-out assault, organized assault from the highest levels of government on the credibility of journalism. Now, journalists, as the messengers very frequently of bad tidings, we expect criticism. And, and as Lyle said, sometimes we do make mistakes and, and we own up to them. We, we write corrections and, and we do self-investigation and publish the re- results of those investigations. Um, but this is different. This is different. This is, this is defining, uh, on, from the highest levels, defining journalism as an evil, as bad, as the opposition party. And I've never faced that in my lifetime. So this is the biggest challenge. We have a challenge now that's, that's just abs- it's almost like like war has been declared against journalism.
2: Yeah, I would piggyback on that and say that just this idea of building credibility for the work that you do by doing factual reporting is a, is a huge challenge in working with audiences so that they understand that there's a trust connection between you and them. We're in an era where the press, and I mean that in the general terms, has been called enemy of the state. And are you telling me that the enemies of the state are people who have gone overseas and lost their lives reporting so that we know what we're about as the United States of America, or are the enemies of the states the people that go to your local city hall and learn stuff and print it in your weekly newspaper in Waverly or in Hudson or wherever that might be in Dyke. No, those are not enemies of the state. And so I think building that trust and trying to overcome some of the rhetoric right now so that the general terms that are used on purpose to define a select group of people in the media that you may or may not like, uh, that's a big challenge.
1: I think I think I wish we could get away from the term media. It means nothing anymore. It means absolutely nothing. Um, we And that's because of
0: the fact that anyone can have access to the mass dissemination of information through various yeah. web-based protocols or the internet. You're talking about journalism. Media is everything, yeah. but you're focusing on journalism and that is a craft.
1: An individual's Twitter account is is the media. But they're not journalists. They're not trained journalists. They're not trained to recognize the difference between objectivity and trying to be objective while recognizing that no human being can be purely objective. But only a real journalist is trained to recognize that and to admit it up front and say, here's what we're going to do about dealing with our own prejudices, and here's how we do it. And there is a methodology for dealing with those kind of problems. Mm -hmm. That's journalism. And there's not many people in this world who are capable of doing that, or even recognize that it's a that it is an issue that you have to deal with, mm-hmm. and and so um, so we have to get away from calling. We need to call the media by specifics. If you're a newspaper journalist, that's one thing. If you're a television or broadcast journalist, that's yet something else. If you're a radio journalist, that's yet another thing. Uh, every one of them has their specific. Roles And so we need to understand that all media, media is, is movies, media are books, media is, is the blogger. And then there's journalists. We are one segment, one little segment of the media. We're not the, quote, all-encompassing media.
0: And it's up to the consumers of the products to differentiate and to take the initiative to differentiate based upon the media that they are consuming.
2: That's a tall order, though. Well, that's the way it works in democracy.
0: Iowa Watch Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller and the group's founder, Steve Berry, helping us understand how in-depth reporting like that conducted by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism is done. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more, iowawatch.org. Follow us on Twitter at iowawatch and be sure to use the hashtag IAWatchConnection when commenting about the program. We're on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash iowawatch. And you can let us know your thoughts about this program or suggest ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. The program is produced in the studios of KXCL Radio, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch connection again next week.